0: You may be seated. Let's praise God. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Your Bible's with me, if you will. We're going to go over to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, Isaiah 40. We can't talk talk strength without going here. So uh, as you're turning there, let me encourage you. uh, It's going to be the annual uh, Empty Nesters Ice Cream Social. And that's going to be at 5 o'clock, and that's going to be out in the FLC. Uh, this Saturday at 5, the youth are raising funds for missions. And so uh, let me encourage you to come out, and you can get a dual purpose. And I, I believe the calories don't count when you're raising money for missions. So come on out and, uh, and enjoy. We're going to have a great time. Also, you you can call this your Fat Tuesday. Because Monday... We're going, we're going to get down to business. Amen? We're going to be uh, praying and fasting. You get to choose the fast. We're going to open up the sanctuary from 9 to noon, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to be believing God for a move of His Spirit. Amen. I believe we need to receive the Word. But it's more than that. I believe we need an encounter with the living God. And I want us to earnestly seek God for an encounter. Revival services will be Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning. And that's going to be August the 18th through the 20th. And uh, William Wood will be coming. Uh, if you want more information on William, we posted it on Facebook today and also on our, our website. And uh, you, can, you can get some background on William. Fantastic man of God. You are going to thoroughly enjoy him. So let's look here. Uh, we, we took our, our verse out of Jeremiah. And we're talking about keeping pace in the race, because I think all of us would agree that there, the work of the kingdom of God is going to require some supernatural energy. Amen? It's going to, in fact, it's going to inquire, require some uh, supernatural partnership. <laughs> See, we're, we work f- for God. He's in charge, but we also we, we work with Him as well in the field. We can't do this without God. We cannot do the work of God without the God of the Word. And so my question on a personal level is, Lord, how do I keep pace? How do I get the energy level I need to do what I need to do for the kingdom of God day in and day out, week in and week out? And so this is not just for you, this is for me as well. And so we saw that Elijah, he, he gave us the example of what it looks like. To run beyond your strength. And the verse that we that we drew from or drawing from is Jeremiah twelve, five and six. Now, the first four verses, Jeremiah brings a complaint to the Lord. He talks about the condition of the land, and he's saying, Look, the political climate, and he's he's a little bit disheartened and wanting to know why God won't do something about it, and why won't God fix him? And then the Lord's reply to Jeremiah is simply, So Jeremiah, if you're worn out. In this foot race with men, what makes you think you can run against horses? And if you can't keep your wits during times of calm, what's going to happen when trouble breaks loose like in the Jordan in the flood? So we have there that context where God responds because, see, the Lord doesn't always respond the way we want him to respond. He doesn't always give in to whatever it is that we are, we are, we are throwing a, what's the word I'm looking for, where, where we're not just not in agreement with what's going on and we're blaming God for that and we bring it before the Lord and, and he's not swayed by those things. He, he's not swayed by those things because he's got a greater agenda in mind. He's got a bigger plan in mind. He sees you better than you see yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows where you're at, but he knows where he wants to take you. He knows where his church is at right now, but he knows where he wants to take her. He wants to elevate her to a place. He wants her to come out of the shadows of darkness, out of the shadows of fear, and he wants her to walk in the newness that he has in store for her. He wants his bride to glow and to glisten with his glory. And so he doesn't always give in to us. Most time he doesn't. And his responses are, let me say that, they may sound harsh, but they bring such sweetness when the reality of when God speaks to us and says, yeah, you're going to shake it off and keep going because I'm going to give you the strength. So we saw how that Elijah, and we'll refer back to him tonight and later on in this evening, but we saw how Elijah outran the chariots when he came down off of Mount Carmel. Last couple of weeks, we looked at what it, uh, how that we have to keep the stamina, which means we got to figure out where the energy drains are coming from. We got we to avoid the things that we need to avoid. Now, today, tonight, I want to I look at Isaiah 40, and we want to look at some proactive practice. Let me say that again, some proactive practice for spiritual energy. How do, we, how, do we, how do we gain the strength that we need? We're going to find that in Isaiah 40. It says, Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and I love how the the NASB says it, will gain new strength. They that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wow! Now, once notice there there is a description of the weariless God and the incomprehensible God that we serve. We don't understand how that God never gets tired. He doesn't. He doesn't. He is not weary even at this very moment. In fact, when, when Isaiah starts that last little discourse there in verse 28, he's talking, he says, Has you, have you not known, have, is it not known to you how that God doesn't get tired? He's not weary. He, he does not get weary under the load. How many have ever gotten weary under the load? You, you carry a load and you feel weary, but God doesn't become weary under the load, and I'm glad he doesn't crumble under pressure. He does not faint when the, in the heat of the moment. He, he's not worried about the furnaces. Opposition doesn't face him. Trials do not exhaust him. Hell cannot stop him. No weapon formed against him is ever going ever gonna to overpower him. He cannot be outmaneuvered because he is omni, om, omnipresent. He cannot uh, be outstrategized because he is omniscient. You can't starve him because he's the bread of life. You can't kill him with thirst because he is the fountain of living water. He's not scared of the dark because he's the light of the world. Amen? Yes. We, we serve a God who does not become weary. And there's times we need to remind ourselves that God is not weary. He looks at the political landscape and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't phase his faithfulness. He, he's not alarmed by the crisis that's going on in the world around us. He's a God who is not, uh, he, he is touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but he is not overcome by them. He said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So we see that Isaiah is giving a description. And there's a promise, and this is where you and I need to, need to start tuning in here. There's a promise. Power and might, ability, and that word might can also be defined as maturity. See, God can bring bring forth maturity in our life if we learn to wait upon him. Now, who are the candidates for the promises of God's power? It's the weak and the mightiless. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Now, as we look here... There's the recipients of the strength, supernatural strength of God. Bible says that even the youth and their zeal, their young men, they're going to grow weary. We kept our three little ones last night. Bedtime's always a challenge. (laughs) It's like, well, you just lay down. (laughs) Stop getting up go back to bed. Get back to bed again. Let's do it a 15th time. Let's go to bed. You know any, any grands, you're talking to you know what I'm saying? You're just like is let's lift up that curly brown hair and see if there's an off button here. If I could just get you still long enough, I know you're going to go to sleep. It's just energy, 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 energy and you're just thinking, "Man, I wish I could have this in pill form and it wouldn't be illegal to take." You know what I'm saying? You're just like, okay, this would be great if I had this kind of energy. And so, but ultimately, the Bible tells us that even that energy, I I remember my physical energy as a younger man, as a younger man. Didn't call myself old yet. My granddaughter, my four-year-old asked me, said, Pops, what are you going to do when you get old? I thought, ooh, good question. I said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And then she goes... (laughs) You're already old. <laughs> I said, Well, baby, I guess I'm doing it. I'm just being a pops. So <laughs> but you think about how much energy you had when you were young. <laughs> how you could go out in the dead field and you could work all day and it's and and you just you just had energy to come home and work half the evening and you had that kind of energy. And and I have discovered through experience. That the will of man is a very strong beast that has ultimately an expiration date. But it can go on and on and on. Any hard heads in the house? You know what I'm saying? Take just a little. I'm not looking at you, Brian. I'm looking over you, okay? There's, a, there's, a, there's, an, in, there's an imaginary person just by behind you. <laughs> but but how many how many had struggled with that hard-headedness? Like, I'm gonna get this done, and it doesn't make any difference. and... Robert, well, I know you're guilty, so you'll get the altar in a minute, okay? <laughs> so you, you understand that. There's a, there's, a, there's a long road many times to the end of self. But see, ultimately, that strength is going to wear out. But there's a beautiful thing that happens in this passage of Scripture right here. At the, at the failing of that natural ability... Natural energy. The Bible says there's a transition that takes place to that supernatural energy. How do you know it's supernatural? Have any of you folks flown without an airplane lately? (laughs) They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. You know, sometimes it takes a lot of strength just to stand. You, you imagine how much strength it took for Gideon with his 300 as all he had to do with an innumerable host sitting out in the valley ready to kill him and the Israelites. Uh, his only job was to stand with the light and the horn on the hill. Amen. And he just, when you've done all to stand and, and you've flown over some of your trials and you've run through some of them and some of them you just had to walk through because uh, there were too many landmines in the way and you just had to make uh, each gentle step so you could get to the other side of that, there are just times, folks, where all you can do is just stand in the strength of God. Amen? So, what we see here is there's a natural strength. Transitions from a natural, and I just believe this is where God wants his church to live, in that supernatural strength. He would not have spoken to Jeremiah if it was truly not his intent. When he was saying to Jeremiah, look, there is a strength beyond your strength. You can do this through the power of the Spirit. Now, that word wait is a beautiful word. I'll spell it for you in the Hebrew. I'm not going to try to say it. Q-A-V-A-H, kaval. Q-A-V-A-H, kaval, to wait for. That means to, when you're waiting upon, those that wait upon the Lord shall gain new strength. You're going to gain new strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I didn't need that strength, there would be no waiting for that strength because I would be doing it in my own strength. But now we're faced with a day where there are so many problems on such magnitude, either on personal, corporate, or on a national level, that we need the strength that only God can give. My desire is that every Wednesday night, every single seat in this auditorium and in that balcony is filled. My desire is that next door there are so many youth that are crammed in the doors that there's no more room to put them in there. My desire is that the power of God so hits the schools that the young children begin to cry out to a living God and they know the Lord they serve and they do exploits. That's my heart's desire, but I can't do that. You can't do that without the strength of God. I believe the vision that I just shared with you is a very small vision compared to what God wants to happen. He might want every seed in here filled every night of the week and his glory being poured out in such a magnificent way that people are driving off the street and they're filling up the parking lot and you've got to put some amplifications on the outside because you can't get them on the inside. Don't tell me the Lord's got small vision today. You just got half-hearted participation today. But they that wait. They that wait. The word wait means to eagerly wait. It says, I'm waiting for you eagerly. There's been times where I've said, Lord, my eagerness is waning. I need to get back to that place. Waiting. Is to look eagerly. If you invite a someone to your house to come over to eat, and you've prepared the menu, you've gone to the store, you have laid it out. In fact, you're you're anticipating when they're going to be there, and you got the you got the steaks, and you've. The Lord knows they cost twice as much as they did a year ago. But you've got the stakes and, and, and you've invited them to the house and you want to make sure that the preparation and planning and everything is just like it should be. You're not going to do all of that if you don't believe they're going to sh- not show up. Amen? See, waiting on the Lord is just, there is an anticipation, an expectation that God is going to show up. There is a hopeful waiting. There is a waiting where you're so filled with hope that you know that God said in his word, if I would draw nigh to him, he would draw nigh to me. And if I would just, I'm waiting, and I'm patiently waiting on God. We're going to wait as long as we need to wait, but God, I believe you're coming. I believe you're here. I believe you just may be waiting on me. I believe maybe that you want to do a whole lot more than Lord God would I even anticipate. And maybe I just need to wait with a little bit more patience. Now, there's waiters and there's imitators. There's waiters and there's imitators. Those that'll wait on God and those that'll imitate waiting on God. King Saul, we've talked about, he was an imitator, he wouldn't wait. Samuel said, I'm gonna be there at the appointed time. You wasn't here, so I sacrificed. You're an imitator, Saul. God wanted to establish kingdom in your in your life, but you wouldn't wait on him. Your agendas are not him. Your agendas are you. You were more concerned with what you look like in the sight of the people instead of what I wanted to do through you. You, only, you got caught up in the moment, but it was the moment that you lost out on the fullness of God. I wanted you to wait on me because I wanted to establish the kingdom within you so that your children, your children's children may come to know, but you wouldn't wait because you had to have, you had to have that fixed today. You had to have that, that, that answer today. You wouldn't wait on the Lord. And now the kingdom's been taken from you. But we have other waiters in the house of God. In the Word of God, we've got David. He waited. One of David's greatest attributes was his ability to wait on God. Where are we going? We're going to wait on the Lord. What's the answer? I'll tell you when I get it. But we're going to wait on God, even when he lost everything at Ziklag, and they were ready to stone him and kill him. He just said, "He he he had been anointed king, but he had not taken the throne yet." He wasn't ruling that. He just had this vagabond of ones that were were, were destitute and alone, and they're following him out in the wilderness. And they went out, and they lost everything in a moment. And they were just like, we're going to kill you, David. And it's like, I didn't tell you to follow me. You you came along on your own. He didn't even say that. Well, what did he do? Get me the linen ephod. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to see what God says. Maybe this is my end. But just in case it's not, we're going to find out what the Lord said. And the Lord declared to him, you're not just going to recover a little. You're going to recover it all. Let me tell you, there's a renewing and a new strength to those that will wait on God. David was a waiter. He waited upon the Lord. Philistines, after he'd taken rule over the kingdom, the Philistines came out to, to attack in First Chronicles, the 14th chapter. And the Lord, he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, you just wait. You just wait out in that mulberry, mulberry grove. And when you start seeing the marching on the tops of the trees, you're going to know it's time to move. When you begin to see the wind blowing over the tops of the trees, now it's time to go out because the enemy is defeated. Oh, I'm just looking for the wind of the Holy Ghost to begin to blow through the children of God again. It's not that he let up. It's not that he doesn't want it. He's already here. He's already done it. We just need to begin to open our heart to wait on him so that the Spirit of the Lord begin to move in such a way to bring defeat to the enemy. There's waiters, Habakkuk, another one that waited upon the Lord. I love what he says. He said, I stand my watch and I set myself on the rampart and I'm watched to see what he will say and what I will answer when he corrects me. <laughs> Anybody ever had some real stinking thinking? Like, yeah. And you're like, I, I'm okay. I've been here long enough and I've, I've got too much agreement with, you know, the ones you call that are going to agree with you. Yeah, you should take them out. You should just run them over with the car. I just, I don't believe how sorry they are. You know that's not right. But then you know you got those people in your life that they're not gonna, they're not gonna play around with you. You're gonna go to them and they're gonna say, no, you ain't right. (laughs) That's not what the Bible says. You ain't doing it right. If you want something different, you gotta do something different. Maybe you need to suck it up. Maybe you need to be the one that apologizes. Maybe you need to be the one that offers the olive branch. Maybe you need to be, be the one that needs to repent for your part of it. Wait a minute. I don't want to hear that. If you don't want to hear the truth, then don't go after God. But if you go after God, he's going to tell you the truth. He's going to speak it to you. He's going to declare it to you. He's going to show you where you're at. He's not going to play any games with you. He's going to spotlight it. He's going to He's going to focus in on it. And he's going to tell you this is the problem fix you and the rest of it will take care of itself but see Habakkuk was told after the Lord corrected him the just shall live by their feelings the just shall be it live by circumstantial evidence the just shall live by whatever they lay their eyes on. No, the just shall live by faith. <laughs> then the Lord answered me and he said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. It will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it. Because it will not, it will surely come. It will not tarry. But I said, Lord. I have waited a long time for the moving of your spirit in the magnitude and the measure that you desire. And the Lord says, just keep waiting. Keep anticipating. Keep hoping for your children to come in. Keep believing God that he's going to show up in a mighty way. We've seen him do it in the past. We've seen it, Dolores, where we've walked on campuses of schools and prayed. And the reports came back to us that they couldn't have class because the Spirit of God poured out in a public school and they got on their knees and began to cry out to God I've seen it where people have literally driven off the highway come into the house of God shake under the power of God and every bondage that they have lived under for 20-40 years both broken off of their life and they get up and they walk out different than what they came Don't tell me God can't do it. He's not weary. He's not tired. He can do anything and everything that those that will wait upon him do you need some energy tonight yeah. he's got some new energy we come back to and circle back around to elijah elijah see the let's look over in first kings it's a bible study let's look at the bible <laughs> So we've got David who waited on the wind, Habakkuk who ra- waited on the vision, but now we got Elijah. Let's look at Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 41. So the fire falls, the sacrifice consumed, it was, it was a great, great moment. Man, I just, I hope we get to do some replays, like get to go to heaven and say, can, we, can I go into the video library? I want to see what it looked like when that fire came down. <laughs> I want to see the look on Elijah's face. I want to see his posture when he was on Carmel, when he he knelt down and and he buried his head in his knees. Here is Elijah, and he says to Ahab, he says in verse 41, Go up, eat, drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. There's no cloud in the sky, but he hears something in the Spirit. Anybody ever heard anything in the Spirit? How do you ever had that encounter with God I was praying and interceding one day and I was seeking the Lord for the state of the nation and it was back before 9-11 and in the, in the midst of all of that I was praying and all of a sudden I heard something and I heard the wailing, or, 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 I heard the Lord speak this word, he said death will touch the world I thought oh, I didn't want to hear that so we're on a plane heading to Africa on a missions trip. We were originally supposed to fly out of New York but because of a schedule conflict with one of our team members we got on the plane and we flew out of Chicago. We're flying out of Chicago and as we're ascending into the air I hear in my spirit cries a thousand people I thought oh See, there's times we can hear things in the spirit. We may not always know what it meant means, but when we landed in Ivory Coast, West Africa, we found out what it meant. So we looked on the teleprompters and began to see that the towers had gone down. So we began to hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'd rather hear that. Amen. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he bowed down to the ground. He put his face between his knees. So you got the, the image. He's up there and he's, he's, just, he's, he's doubled over. He's got his head between his knees. He's, he's prostrated before God. He's waiting upon the promise. And he knew where the promise was coming from. Isn't that amazing? He knew where the rain was going to start. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to look at the sea. I want you to look at the skies. I want you to look at the heavens. I want you to, I want you to note. Just begin to focus in. So He tells his servant to go. He went out and looked toward the sea, and he came back, and there was nothing. He said, once you go, do it again. See, Elijah understood that there was going to be an outpouring, and he knew where to look. He's looking. He goes a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time, and a fifth time, and a sixth time. The messenger keeps coming back. It doesn't say that Elijah even raised his head from his knees. He stayed in that posture. My God, if we would just stay in that posture long enough for God to move until we hear the answer that God wants to bring. And so he stayed there in that position. And we see that the servant came back six times. But on the seventh time, seventh time, He said, I just saw a cloud rising out of the sea, and it's the size of a man's hand. He said, you go tell Ahab, you better hook it to the house because the rain is coming. Now, we see that. We see that there, and what we understand is that out of the sea of humanity... There would be one that rises up out of that sea in a cloud back to heaven. And then there would be an outpouring. The angel stood, said to the disciples that were there, looking up as Jesus ascended up into the, with the cloud and the cloud of witness that caught him up out into the heavens. He said the same one that ascended is also, he's going to come back in like manner. But Jesus told them to go wait in Jerusalem until they be endued with power, beyond their power, to do the work of the kingdom of God. But I want you to notice something here. It, was, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't chance that God put in there, and it happened on the seventh time. The seventh time. See, they waited He waited until that seventh interval. If you look at the number seven, we should see rest. How do we know that? Because God created the earth in six days and he rested on the seventh. And the Lord, maybe he, the Lord thought we would get, uh, I'm just speculating, I don't have any spiritual proof or, or, or scriptural proof for this, but I'm just speculating that God didn't want us to miss it. And maybe we get caught up in the routines of week in and week out and week in and week out. He said, let's just add a little bit more to this. Let's just let them know that, that look, even when they get into the wilderness, for six days you gather manna, but on the seventh you rest and are going to the earth the lord created the earth in 6 days and he rested upon the seventh now let's carry this further and let's uh, ev- in Israel every 6 years you work the land but on the 7th year you rest there was no no more tooling no there was you're talking about a sabbatical rest you got one full year of rest you let the land rest like have a year off to travel, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but there was a year of rest. But in that in that in that sixth year, they didn't have twice the harvest to take care of the seventh. They had three times. You see this in scripture. They had the harvest for that year. They had the harvest for the year that they would miss, uh, and they would have seed time for the for the har- for the following year to get them through uh, that first next year. Do you see that? <laughs> Now, if you don't get that, we're going to do it a little bit further. You're going to be the year of Jubilee. After seven sevens, then now we're going to put everything is going to restore and go back. All the slavery is over. All of the land is restored and everything is returned. But when Jesus came, he said, I am your Jubilee. And see, that's what we're supposed to get. That God did not create the Sabbath for man, but man for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the man. And every time you see seven, we're supposed to see rest. What is that rest that we're talking about tonight? When the Lord created uh, or or He completed the work on earth, uh, He sat down at the right hand of the Father. He sat down at rest. He's not laboring anymore because He's. Finish the work. See, our strength, folk, will not come to us until we get to the place where we get to the end of ourselves. And now we are in the need of a supernatural power of God. They circled around Jericho how many times? Six times for six days. But on the seventh day, they circled it seven times because they got to the place now where they got to the end of themselves and now they're walking in the power that's beyond their power see if you look at 7 you're supposed to see rest and that rest is supposed to point us to Christ and his completed work it's we got to wait folks uh, on the lord Jesus Christ uh, how long do we wait we wait till we realize that we're at rest in God Naaman I want you to go down to the Jordan <laughs> Why can't I go to the beautiful rivers of Damascus? Because that's not the word the Lord told you to go. Naaman, you want to keep walking in your le- leprosy? He was more prideful than he was leprous. <laughs> I've met a lot of folks that are more prideful than they are sinful. Just so full of pride. I can do this myself. Bless God. <sighs> And oh, thank God for the servants. <laughs> you know, if told you to do something hard, would you do it? Yeah. It don't sound too hard to me to lower yourself in the Jordan seven times and be healed. Come on, you grouchy old cuss. Get down there. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure his soldier's probably tired of messing with him. It's like, a, we came all this way. <laughs> the jordan's right there and you want to go to some other other place if he told you to dip in the hogwaller why don't you do that i mean it just you're talking about the jordan well this is a, this is not even my nation's my nation's river this is the old muddy jordan this is the lowest river in the world the descender I've got to descend. I've got to crawl off my mounted steed. I've got to lay down my armor as the general of the army. I've got to lay all this down, and I've got to dip myself. Not six times. Six times it wouldn't be enough. Why? Because six, it'd still be in his strength. Because seven, we understand, is Rest. Seven, we understand, is the finished work of Christ. Seven, we understand, is the covenant that God wants us to walk in. Abraham made a covenant with Emily. He had seven ewes there. He had seven uh, sheep there, and, and he, they stood between there, and they made the covenant. And then when Abraham made covenant with Jehovah God, he slept while God passed through the covenant. He rested. See, we got to get to the place of rest. When you see seven, I hope that you recognize that God is wanting us to see that that's the place of completed work of Christ. And that's where the strength of God comes in. Naaman got off his horse, or his chariot, or whatever it was he was transporting him, took off his armor, I'm sure, and he dipped six times one, two, three, all the way to six, he was no different than he was when he went in. But when he dipped that seventh time, when he dipped the seventh time, my skin looks like a baby's butt. Look at this. (laughs) Smooth as Jergens lotion. Could you see this? (laughs) Could you imagine the look on his face? Could you imagine the look on his servant's face? Yes. Finally, the old grouch got in the water. Now he's healed. Why? Because he humbled himself. Why? Because none of the physicians in, the, in our country could do anything. It was just a prophet that wouldn't even come out of the house and just told him to go down there and dip in the Jordan. Wasn't any big deal. Just God, go do it. We're not going to put a bunch of fanfare and hoopla. Just be obedient. Sometimes we're looking for a bunch of hoopla when God said, just be obedient. Just pray for the sick and they'll recover. Just lay hands upon those and they will be filled. Just go ahead and preach the gospel and they'll be saved. Not a bunch of, well, I'm just waiting on the, I'm waiting on the glory cloud to rest on me. I'm, I'm waiting on something to supernatural. No, just go do the work. How do you do the work? In the completed work of Christ. Please wait. Elijah waited until the seventh round, and now the cloud began to rise. I just believe that the Lord is trying to capture the heart of his children, to draw us into the place where we have have exhausted a lot of energy and we've lost a lot of strength. We've 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 tantalized and tickled the intellect of the individuals, but we've left them powerless because they haven't experienced the relationship with the living God. The Lord said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait until you be due from, with power from on high. Do you want to do the work of God? You can't do it without the God of the work. You can't do it without Him. We've got to have the power of the Spirit of God. We cannot make the expressions. We cannot give the revelations uh, because what people need is they need to hear the information of the Word of God. They need to hear the teaching of the Word of God. But what they need is a revelation that can only come by stepping into the room with a living God. And when you experience Him, it changes everything. I want you to know I've been on some psychedelic highs. I I've been on some real tripped out things. But nothing compares to the reality of knowing a real God and experience. And it's my desire that my children, my children's children, every generation to follow to experience God in a personable, tangible, experiential way. And that revelation of who he is in that relationship that he wants to have with you and I will come forth as a result of that experience. As we look, we call ourselves Pentecostals. Why do we call ourselves Pentecostal? Because of the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus ascended on the 40th day. He said, go wait in Jerusalem. They waited for 10 days. Ten is the number of the reestablishment of governments and in, in order. They waited there because God was going to change the order of the situation of the world by empowering the church with the might of His self through the Spirit of Christ in us. By Baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and with Christ. Fire. The only way you can warm a cold, dead heart is with the fire of the Holy Spirit. The only way that you can melt all of the impurities out of a person's life is through the fire of the Holy Spirit. you will cause individuals to be transformed. By the energy that he emanates through them. By the passion he will put in them. By the yearning. I want my heart to break for what breaks his. I ask the Lord for the burdens he wants me to carry. See, because once the Lord places that burden in your heart, He graces you with that burden to accomplish the task that is in front of you. Until until we have that experience where we sit and we wait on God and we say, Lord, what is the burden you want me to carry? The world is so vast and there's so many needs and there's a lot of energies that could be expelled. But Lord, what is it do you want? What portion of the burden do you want me to carry? And if we are willing to wait upon that burden, God will lay that burden, and that burden will so consume you that it will be like uh, Jeremiah when he said, Oh, my God, I just just don't want to say nothing else. You know, every time I open my mouth, they throw me somewhere I don't want to go. But there was a burden on the depth of his soul. And he said it was like I tried to keep my mouth shut, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. I had to open up. I had to say something. Why? Because God graced him with the burden and now he had to open his mouth and speak because of the power of the Spirit of the Lord. They that wait, they that wait eagerly anticipate. They that wait upon the Lord. What's going to happen Monday? We're going to start, we're going to be waiting upon God. What's going to happen Tuesday? We're going to be waiting upon God. Some of you can be here, some of you can't, but corporately together, we're going to be waiting. What are we waiting on? We're waiting on God. Why? Because God wants to move in this house. He wants to break down every stronghold. He wants to fill every seat. He wants to flood the altar with his glory. He wants shackles. He wants us to gather up as trophies all the shackles that fall upon the ground and pile them up somewhere and say look what the Lord has done (laughs) see we gotta wait are you tired are you emotionally tired are you physically tired most importantly are you spiritually tired gotta wait gotta wait worship team make your way up I don't know, I I just think that God wanted us to get it. Sixth and rest, 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 sixth and rest. Rest in what? Rest in the completed work of Christ. They don't sit in this house and condemn yourself because you've put in a hard day's work and you've been out in the sun all day and you're just like drained or if you've worked out and you just (laughs) you're just like your arms are jelly I'm I'm not, that's not that's not the fatigue I'm talking about the fatigue I'm talking about is having no hope tomorrow being wore out today in your spirit being in a place where you're just you know where you're at. You went to the Lord and it's like, gosh, I can't even walk with the puppies. Huh? And you're asking me to run with the footman. You're asking me to chase the horseman. And you're thinking, how am I going to do that? I don't have anything left. There's a transition that takes place with our natural energies when we wait on God. We transition. We transition from this I can't to maybe I can, to wait a minute, where are they at, I'll chase them down like a dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I believe that's the kind of energy that God wants to put back in his people. Could you come just for a few moments with me and let's just wait on God. Let's just wait on God. What did I call this? Just uh, some proactive practice. Just wait on the Lord. You want your energy to be renewed day after day? Just make it part of your habit to just wait on God. Come on, could you come and let's just wait on the Lord for a little bit. Let's just let the Lord give us that new strength tonight. If you need that new strength, just come and Oh God, I just, I just, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Now this is what I want you to do when you come down here. I want you to truly and genuinely welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart, into your situation. Just welcome the Holy Spirit, the person who will ultimately be the power and strength. As Jesus said, "I will endow you with power from on high, but you got to go. You got to wait on me. I need you to wait. I need you to wait. Just I want you to lift your hands, not in angst, not in wondering, not in doubt. I want you to lift your hands and your hearts in anticipation and expectation of a renewed mind and a renewed strength. Come on, Father, we thank you." Lord, we thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord God. Lord, that you are merciful, God. You are mighty, God. You are an everlasting God. You are a holy God. You are a wonderful God. Lord, say, God, begin to pour. Lord God, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. We welcome you into our heart, into our daily life, into our daily routine. Lord God, we, we want to know, God, how to host you. We want to know, Lord God, how to how to entertain you, Lord God. Lord, we, we, we've we given a lot of place at the table for fear and doubt. and Lord God, we're, we're Lord God, lethargy, Lord God. But Lord, we, we see today, Lord God, we're, we're pushing all of that back Lord God, we're just standing, Lord God. We're going to give you a, a place, Lord God, a table, uh, Lord, to set at, a candle, Lord God, to light uh, in our heart, Lord. We just believe, Lord, that you're our flame. And, Lord, God, a bed, Father, that you can rest at, Lord. Lord, we're going to set, God, and we're going to believe tonight uh, that your work is complete, Lord God. God, release that joy. Release that joy that's, uh, Lord, the very strength of your church. Go begin to release that joy in this house tonight those that are listening, Lord God, online, let the Lord, just hit them, Lord, with joy right now. Let the joy of the Lord God be renewing strength in their mind and their body in their soul, Lord God. Lord, I pray for those, God, who have had trouble resting and sleeping at night. I take authority over every demonic spirit that has disrupted the rest of God. You know what happened to you. And so, Lord said, I will not allow you to attack my children. Lord God, I believe that, Lord God, you have driven them out. And that, Lord God, they are defeated by your power. Lord, I pray, Father, for physical rest, emotional rest, spiritual rest tonight. And, Lord God, there's a renewed energy, a renewedness, Lord God. Father, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord, tonight. Let the wind of your spirit, let the hope of your spirit, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come on, church. Don't reach out to him with works. That's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for your works. He's looking for you to receive. He just wants you to receive. Just welcome him right now. Just welcome him right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy, 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 holy. Hallelujah. Sandra, whatever you guys want to lead us in, just lead us in a worship song. Come on. Sitara Mamabara. I will
1: exalt you.
0: Thank you. Lord, thank you. As we wait upon the Lord, God assures us that He's going to give us new strength, new strength, a supernatural strength. You're gonna to begin to walk in a place that you didn't know existed. You're gonna have energy through your day. You're you're gonna stop and wonder where did this come from. God's gonna remind you that He's with you as you just keep waiting upon Him. As you just keep waiting upon Him, He's just gonna keep renewing and giving you new strength. Giving you new strength. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Lord. Go with it, Sandra. Go with it, Sandra.
1: Oh, you are my strength, Jesus. Yes, oh,
0: No, Hallelujah. Come on and praise him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you feel the loving arms of your father just reaching around you tonight? Just encouraging you that you're going to make it and it's all right. He's got it all under control. Guys, thank you. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Praise God. Tonight, as we close out, missions emphasis is Aaron and Emily Williams. They're over in the country of Germany. It's one thing I truly love about our fellowship is their passion for the lost in the world, reaching a world in need of Jesus. They are ministering in the city of Berlin, the country of Germany. There is a um, large Catholic Roman Catholic population there but what makes up the majority of the population in Berlin is non-religious atheist let's pray that God's spirit will move in such a mighty way that there would be such an overwhelming presence of God that revival just break out in Berlin amen come on let's pray father in Jesus name I just pray for a for a hunger Lord, I believe revival begins with a, with a God-imparted hunger. Lord, we pray for a God imparted hunger, Lord God, in the country, Lord God, of Germany and the city of Berlin. We pray for the for Lord God Aaron and his wife for his family. But Lord, we pray that there would be such a spark of revival, Lord God, that there would be such an overwhelming experience, Lord, even at the very mention of the name Jesus. I pray that there would be an overwhelming touch, Lord God, of your hand. Yes, Lord, I can see, I can see, I can see. Lord God, we weren't just talking, Lord God. Lord, you're going to do something in this house. Lord, you're really, truly going to do something in this house. Lord God, you're you're getting ready to fill the seats up. Lord God, you're going to fill the seats up because your glory, your glory, Lord God. You've just been looking for someone, looking for you. Lord God, there's this church, Lord God. Lord, right here on this corner, Lord we've been looking God for you Lord God we're crying out to you Lord God tonight Uh, Lord let the spirit of the Lord God begin to move Uh, Lord God we need revival here we need it now Lord God we need a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit Lord God we need the manifestation of the glory of God uh, in this house Lord God Lord I can see it I can see them coming in I can see them filling up Lord God Uh, I can see the house Lord God filled with the glory and the people Lord God as they come in crying out to God. Lord, they just want more of you, more of you, more of you, Lord God. Lord, you're releasing it right now, Lord God. And Lord, I just thank you tonight. I thank you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, don't let me be the hindrance. Don't let me be the hindrance, Lord God. Don't let me be the hindrance, Lord God. Lord, let your revival come, Lord God, in the magnitude and the measure you desire. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't you glad you came? Amen. God bless you. The guys are at the back to receive the offering. See you Saturday morning at 830 for prayer. God bless. Have a great rest of the week.